0: Welcome, we're glad you're with us. We're going to start a brand new series today that I'm calling Keep in Step. kind of comes from the idea, you know, that if we live by the Spirit, we need to keep in step with the Spirit. And I want to build on that whole last series we did, um, where I, you know, it was a foundational uh, series, I said, and we talked about knowing His story from beginning to end. And it's so important that you know the story. uh, Because once you know the big story, once you get His story, then what happens is, All of the, I think scripture just comes alive. We know how we fit into His story and then the the Bible just really opens up to us. And that's what I'm hoping to talk about in this series is to make that connection for all of you. sort of help you along, but don't forget the story, you know, as we move into um, what we're doing, remember all of it started in creation and God's heart was to fellowship with us. You need to know it's a big part of the story and uh, he created a, you know, a cosmic temple there in Eden and he, we were going to partner together. That's how he wanted to do it. And what we were going to do is take what was going on in Eden and we were going to go into the rest of the planet and make it all like Eden. That was the deal. That's what we would be doing. He'd be doing it with us. um, but he always gave us a choice, and if we chose not to do that, well, that was certainly an option because God wants people that want a fellowship with Him, and so you know we understand a bad choice was made, and. Um Adam and Eve went. Decided they'd do their own thing. Deceived by the enemy, and when they did, sure enough, what happened was death enters the scene. That 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 was a power that the enemy had, uh, and he introduced it in in sin. And so we have sin and death now, and everything has changed. And you know, it just went the the fall just changed everything. But God never stopped pursuing us or loving us. And we pick up the story not much longer on with the Exodus and how God comes and rescues His people out of slavery and bondage. It's a big thing that runs through the Scripture, and <laughs> we watch what He does. And you know, all the things that happen, he leads them into the promised land and he starts to tell them how to live and he tells them about tabernacle. There's going to be a place where heaven and earth meet again. We had it in creation and then the fall blew that up. So there'll be a place where heaven and earth meet again. He calls that tabernacle. and Sure enough, that happens. Tabernacle is built. Presence of God is there. There's a place where heaven and earth meet once again. And then that moves into the temple, uh, and there's a place where heaven and earth meet in the temple, and we read about that. But then we see that the people continue to do what they want to do and go their own way and not partner with God and don't honor God and don't love God and do all those things. And consequences of that is that the you know the temple ultimately is destroyed, and the people are all taken off into exile. But the prophets begin to speak around that time. They say, Listen, the temple's gonna be rebuilt, and when when it's rebuilt, the presence of God's gonna show up again. There'll be that place. And, um, sure enough, the temple is rebuilt, but the presence of God doesn't come back and inhabit the temple. And there's hundreds of years where it's just not happening. And the last, you know, Malachi kind of gets it. So he's coming back. It's just going to look different than what you expected. And it does, because we know what happens is that Jesus comes. Fully God, fully man, heaven and earth connected. Jesus arrives on the scene. And he tells us he's the temple. And the early church people figured that out. That's what he was talking about. Now there's a place where heaven and earth meet. And then, amazingly... Fully God, fully man, Jesus comes and, and he takes on all of the consequences of the fall. Everything, all the consequences of Adam, Jesus takes on. He's the second Adam. He takes it all on and he takes it all on, you know, how it all happens there at the cross. And every consequence, every bad thing, every hurt, every sin, every garbagey thing, he takes it all on there, fully God, and he takes it. And he dies with it and he defeats it. He takes it down with him. And I I always do that picture. I want you to know what he does with that mess. He does that. And then what's he do? He demonstrates that he has power over death. He has more power than the enemy by defeating death and rising again. And that's that that's a huge part of the story. He comes up and he's new creation. There's something new about him and and now and, and That changes everything, and we understand that now what's happening is that the entire planet is going to go through that situation uh, at some point in the future. And all of us who are believers, we're also going to go through that, new physical bodies, and life after life after death. And the earth renewed, restored back to the way it was um, at Eden. We, We get that. That's what happens. Revelation 21, that's the promise. That's the whole story. You need to hang on to the whole story. Don't forget, too, that... Right now, there's a place where heaven and earth meet, and that's inside us as believers, because Holy Spirit dwells in us. It's so amazing um, that that's going on. I, I, you know, we, could, we may do a whole series about that in the future, and I'll just come in here and go, wow. <laughs> For like 30 minutes, and then we'll do it again. So all this stuff is part of the story, okay? And, and so I want you to have the story in mind as we move into this next series and we're going to talk about now now that we know the story really digging into the scripture and see how it all ties together so that's what we're going to start with today let's do a couple of bad jokes here I dared to ask my wife why she was ordering a giant tub of whiteout big mistake only, only funny to a part of the group who understands what whiteout actually is didn't you know there's like a whole generation that's never had to use whiteout? Whiteout? What's whiteout? Just backspace and delete. What are you doing? Reprint it. Whiteout. Never heard of such a thing, whiteout. Why do you never see elephants hiding in trees? Because they're really, really good at it. Sound like that. The last group didn't laugh at all. So, But it reminds me of one of my favorites, one of my favorites in that sort of area, is that there's this this big drill sergeant, and he's yelling at this kind of small, timid private about missing camouflage practice. And he says, I didn't see you at camouflage practice yesterday. And the little private looks up and goes, thank you, sir. Which is funny. Last one is Alice heads up. Personally, I don't mind camo print clothing. I just can't see myself wearing it. <laughs> Come and pray for us, my love.
1: Your delivery was better. Maybe you've had more coffee.
0: Is that, is that yes, what it is? I
1: think so. I think so. Good morning. Good to see everybody today. It's nice to be here and since this is the start of a new sermon series we always get you jewelry and so out in the back by the coffee or your new bracelets should you decide to wear bracelets that are rubber Um, you can see that steve dons them i however do not so (laughs) but i always like to point it out that if you want one they're there
0: you know you could like bedazzle it
1: no (sighs) no you know a long time ago Every time he started a new series, he bought a t shirt for it. Yeah, yeah, we had those days. So be lucky it's not t shirts, people. Before we read the word together, let's pray. Let your kingdom come. Let's come again, Holy Spirit. Come and minister to our hearts right where we're at. Father, as we sang, you are the God of the breakthrough, I pray that would fall on each of us today, that wherever we're stuck, Father, wherever we're stagnant, Father, that breakthrough would come through for in our lives, in each of our lives, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that your church is alive and well. And we will always worship you. We will always sing your praises. We thank you, Father, for each person here. Bless them and bless their families. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. So as I've been praying over the last couple of weeks, there's something that we always used to do that I want to start doing again. And I think it fits really well with this particular series. And so what I would like to have us start doing again is when we read the word, I would I would like all of you who are able to please stand. And so if you would do that, would you stand for the reading of the word? It shows that we honor the word and that we honor the, the Lord of the word and the word of the Lord. So would you stand as we read the scripture today?
1: The text today is out of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey. Just as the Lord, the, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors promised you. Hear, O oh Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts impress them on your children talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates blessed be the word you may be seated
0: All right, so, here's what's going on, and if you just want to know how it ties into the story, um, God has delivered his people from slavery and bondage. This is after the Exodus, but they've been kind of wandering around for a period of time because they, they don't immediately know how to trust God. They don't really know yet how to live. And so they do a lot of things that they shouldn't do, and this keeps them sort of in a pattern where they're just kind of moving around. And if you ever look on a map at, at from where they actually were you know, rescued from and how far away the promised land is, it was, you could have been there in like a week. And, uh, and that 40 years, because they, they, well, God was using it to teach them and they were just kind of slow to learn. Anybody else relate to that? And uh, so it was a process. But now they're getting ready to go in. It's time. They're, they're heading in. And, and Deuteronomy comes along at this time. And, and so... Um, you'll see Deuteronomy, we'll be touching on it throughout the series at different times Deuteronomy, sometimes it's just called the book of the law When you read that in the scripture, book of the law Sometimes it means Deuteronomy, sometimes it means the first five books um, Don't get don't get hung up on that And also, when you read that, some people go, "Oh, the law, that doesn't have anything to do with me nowadays Listen, what's going on here is is The law wasn't given so people would know how to be saved It was given to people who had already been rescued and delivered It was given so people would know how to live See, up until that time, people really had no idea what it meant to be human the way God intended it. They had no clue. And his folks had spent 400 years in a completely inhumane system, if you would. They didn't have a concept. And Deuteronomy is God's way of beginning to teach his people what it looks like to live. This is this is how we're supposed to live. It starts teaching us about loving God, loving one another and how we're supposed to treat one another and what that looks like. And they didn't have a clue before then about what it really looked like. So he's teaching them how to live. And so so this is what's happening as you begin to read this part of the story is that, um, God is so faithful in that he shows us how we live. And then he actually models it for us in Jesus. Jesus comes and really demonstrates what humanity was supposed to look like all along. But he starts teaching his uh, people and... He says, listen, as you go into the promised land, you've been set free and delivered, you're you're my people, I want you to go into this promised land that I'm giving you, but this is how you're supposed to live on the way in, and that's what's taking place here. Remember, as you start thinking about these things, we understand we're Exodus people because of Jesus, He's, he's the one who delivered us, rescued us from slavery and bondage, and he's... What's he doing? We're walking into the promised land when everything is returned. And so he gives us his scripture on how to live. Now, this passage, one of the most famous things in this passage is the prayer part. And I, I wanted to touch on this briefly because we spent the last couple of weeks talking about prayer. And, and I said, remember, prayer is sort of, I like to think of it as the language for living in the overlap. And a lot of that last series was talking about the overlap between heaven and earth, that, that there's an overlap. And that one of the big parts of being a believer is we live in. That's where we're supposed to live, in that tension. And remember, we looked at the, the, the shore and the ocean, and I said you know, it was kind of like walking on the shore but in the water, knowing that these things are happening, but, but you want to live in the tension. Remember what's going on. And that that that's where we're supposed to live. Now, part of the thing about this whole idea of prayer is that, that living in that tension, living in that overlap can be difficult. That's why sometimes prayer seems a little bit difficult to get to. Why we can sort of get away from it. And we forget about staying in the overlap and why we have to keep pressing in. And, and let me tell you that one of the biggest reasons that that's difficult is that the enemy doesn't want you to pray. He, has, he doesn't want you living in the overlap at all. Because there's life there and he doesn't want you to have life. He's trying to steal it from you, right? Because when you really get it, and you start having the life that he's called you to. It impacts people that he doesn't want you to have impact with. And so we go to this prayer. And this might be one of the most famous prayers um, that pops out here in Deuteronomy 6. four. here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Still perhaps one of the most um Remembered prayers uh, of the people of God uh, back in the Old Testament here, oh, Israel, it would stop them in their. they, They would get that. Oh, yes, it was a calling back to prayer, to living in the overlap, to remembering the place where heaven and earth meet, that all that's going on. And then you'll recognize these words because we know them so well from Jesus. Love the Lord, your God. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. So this was the, the prayer language. Just cause you live in the overlap. You wanna, you wanna remember what that looks like. And, and you wanna know that part of being really human is loving God all in. Heart, soul, strength. That this was the call. So this was happening in the beginning of the prayer. And so, so this would have been, you know, stirring them up. And then what comes next is Moses teaches them this. He, he commands them this. With respect to the the word of the Lord. And he says these words, verse 6, which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Make a connection with that. We're going to talk a lot about heart today. They're going to be on your heart. And then he says, listen, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down. And when you rise up, I want you to see in the language here that he's saying you should be talking about them all the time. He probably he really didn't leave any part of the day out already that you need to be talking to them with your kids. And you need to be talking about them if you're sitting at your house uh, or if you're out walking around or if you're going to lie down at night or if you're going to get up and whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, you need to be thinking about and talking about these words, this scripture that I'm teaching you how to live. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they'll should be. Frontals on your forehead. Now they would literally do that, but for me, it's a picture. He's saying, "Listen, when you're doing things with your hands, which they all would be doing, they should remind you uh, of when you. Oh, that's remind you of the word in your mind. You should be thinking about the word. You need to write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. Why there? Because every time you leave, they remind you of who he is, and every time you come back, there they are. And and so these are all things that Moses is telling the people you need to be doing." When it comes to the Word, you, you need to be talking about it. You need to remind yourself of it. You need to be remembering it. It needs to be a part of who you are. You need to teach your children these things. The, the the Scripture, the Word, needs to be in our heart. I like to think of it it needs to be our very heartbeat. From there, it needs to go into our mind. And from there, into our very lives. The the, the way that they were going to live this out is they were going to walk this out as the people of God, as they went into the Promised Land. And, and uh, it would be a a living testimony to to the fact that there was a god and and of what he'd been doing in and how it was changing people as they became humanity as he attended them intended them to be and so we're to be those people entering the promised land now we're exodus people entering the promised land we've had our exodus in Jesus and and we're to also be taking a hold of the Word of God just like that, the Scripture of that. It's to become a part of our lives. It's to become part of our routine. We're, we're to allow the Word and the Holy Spirit to shape and form us in the life. And so, so we get a hold of it like that, and we understand the importance of it. Now, next week, uh, I'm, I'll jump ahead just for a moment. And if you want to get ahead of next week, 2 Kings 22 and 23. But what's going to happen by the time of the Kings uh particularly Josiah, uh he's gonna say, Hey, we need to fix up the temple because we kind of let it go. And as they go to fix up the temple, they find a copy of Deuteronomy. And they had they had no idea about what Deuteronomy was. They had no idea. Now that's about a thousand years after this started. But you when you when you read it, we'll look at it next uh next week. Um, they start to celebrate Passover again because Scripture should change the way you live. And they read about Passover aren't we doing this. We need to do it. And it hadn't been done since the time of the judges. And the time of the judges was about 300 years after the exodus. So within 300 years, you know, 60, 70 years, five generations, six generations, you know what the people of God had done? Completely forgotten his word. It was hidden in the tabernacle, in the temple somewhere. And they wasn't forming their life anymore. It wasn't a part of their lives. It doesn't take very long. That's why it's so important that we're people of the word, that we teach our children, that we uh, understand how important it is to get a hold of Scripture so that a generation from now it's not dismissed or two generations from now. And, And, you know, the enemy would love for that to happen. So just be reminded of that. Now, what Scripture does and why it's so important is it reminds us of the larger story. Scripture reminds us of the larger story. I laid the larger story out for you. You need to have a hold of that because that helps us understand Scripture. But then Scripture constantly reminds us that we're living in a much bigger story, that there is a larger story going on. And I love when the Apostle Paul, he's praying for people, and he says in Ephesians 1, he says, keep, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And I pray... That the eyes of your heart, there we go again, may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. See, Paul, he's praying and he wants to make sure you, you know who God is. That's really important. It was important with the people back then. They needed to know who God is, that they could trust him, uh, that he loved them, that he wanted to fellowship with them, that this was a big part of what was going on. And so he wants you to know him more so you can trust him more because that's where you really experience life. And then. He wants to have the eyes of your heart enlightened. It's your, your spiritual sense. It's like your, your spiritual IQ, if you would. And he wants you to understand the hope to which you've been called. We talked about that last week and we understand that. And so we need to be reminded of the story so we don't get distracted. Anybody here ever get distracted? You see, we, the busyness of our lives just the, the craziness of everything around. I mean, you can you can actually turn on news and be completely devoid of who you really are in about 10 seconds. Shocking. Cuz it's just all this stuff going on and we get distracted. And and scripture reminds us of the bigger story so that we stay connected cuz that's where life is. And so we we need to know scripture. We need to read the word. Now, uh Let's talk about the Bible for a second. So if you've been coming here for an infinite time, you know that I'm always encouraging you to read this book. So read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. And here's the reality. And this is, uh, this is no judgment in this at all. And this, this, this is actually true of most believers. Um, they've never read the book all the way through. They've read parts of it, got little pieces of it but they've never actually read this book. And, um, see, sometimes I, so I'm, I'm, you know, one of my challenges, one, one of the things I hope to challenge you to do in this series is to have you read this book all the way through, from beginning to end. Just read the whole thing. And, and I, I'm going to tell you the biggest reason that most believers haven't read it is that there is one being in the universe who doesn't want you to and we give in. Think about it. There's, there's only one. The enemy, the evil one, does not want you to read this book. Because this is God's book to us. This is his word to us. There's so much stuff in here that we need to know. And, and, and yet we, we don't seem to be able to... Many people just can't work their way through it. Now you've read parts of it. And you might have a plan that you read. and all this thing, But you actually haven't read it all the way. And you need to. I had this thought. I had this little picture. Of, uh, they do television shows now, and now one of the new things they do, maybe it's not that new. They've been doing it for years, I guess, different shows. But after the show, they have another show about the show. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's an after show. And they, they, they have people on that were in the show, and they show clips of the show, and they do highlights of the show. Uh, and it's the after show. Um, but it's not the show. See, sometimes I think believers kind of settle for the after show. It's like, listen to me, we get together and it's good. Don't hear me. That's nothing perfectly good. We get together and we talk about this book and I encourage you and we go from there and you study it, hopefully, and you know, we get the notes and everything and you're doing those things and we ask questions, we do all those things, but you haven't seen the whole show yet and I don't have enough of a, there's not enough time in my life to go through the whole show with you. There's just not. I get 25, 30 minutes a week. And and you know I, I'm gonna do parts of it, and you know honestly I like parts of it better than others, so I'll go back there and talk about it some more. And I'm ooh I need to talk about haven't talked about Jesus in the last three minutes. I need to go back because <laughs> it is his story, and we got to talk about that. I got to make sure you get that because there's people coming in that haven't heard that part and need to hear that part. And we're gonna revisit, but it's it's like the only way that you get the entire show is if you read it. Only it's the only way, and. How long does it take to read the Bible? I'm going to tell you so that you'll know. Eighty hours for the average person to read this book from beginning to end. Eighty hours, that's it. Eighty hours, does that seem like long to you? It's, it's two work weeks. I'm not suggesting you take off work for two weeks and read the Bible. Although I did think of a time when I was in college and I started reading the trilogy of the Tolkien stories, uh, you know, uh, The Hobbit and stuff, and I literally didn't go to class for over a week. I just laid in my bunk and read the book. because So it can be done, but don't do it that way. How do you do it? How about this? this so this would be my little challenge. Uh, 80 hours is about an hour and a half a week. So so what I want you to do, is an, an hour and a half in a week is 15 minutes a day and gives you a day off every week because God's into that. And uh, <laughs> it's in the book. It's in here. So 15 minutes a day. Um, And, you know, some people say, well, I have a a Bible reading plan. Why do most Bible reading plans not work? You miss a day, right? And then you you can't catch ever. You never catch back up. So what do you do? You stop it altogether. A day, then your second day, and then your guilt, this guilt-ridden mess. (laughs) You're going to read it from, from beginning to end. Let me give you this. Start with the New Testament. It's a little bit easier to get going in, and it'll get you in a good rhythm. And just start reading 15 minutes a day. If you miss a day, don't beat yourself up wherever you left off, Get it the next day. Catch back up. Start getting it. it. Takes a little while to build a routine. But, you know, one of the things I realize in my own life, I, I'm, 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 anybody else here stubborn sometimes? <laughs> in my life, a lot of the things that I've actually done are because somebody told me I couldn't do it. I don't know if that resonates with anybody. But that's like one of those things that gets me. Don't tell me what I can't do. My, my wife is laughing. <laughs> That's a mistake. The enemy has stolen so much from me. I get to that place where I don't want him to take anything else. I don't want him to steal anything else from me. And he's the only one that doesn't want me to read this book. I promise. It's a direct attack. The enemy doesn't want you reading the book, and he doesn't want you praying, and those areas become very difficult to hang on to. That's honest. So what do you do? That's one of those things. You don't want me to read it? I wonder why. Because hmm. he doesn't want me to have the life that comes from it. So Holy Spirit, help me. Help me read this all the way through. And it, will, it changes things. And now that you know the story, see, things are going to start light bulbing for you. That's what happens... You know, when the when the early church writers who knew the Old Testament, when they when they started to figure out what was going on, it was constant light bulbs. You can you can read what they're saying, and you go, oh, "That was a light bulb." And I love this thought that they were going, "That's what it means. That's what he said. That's what this was all about. That's how it fits together." And they would write it down. So they would say, and when you read about. To, you know, in this in the New Testament you see so the scripture is fulfilled in this. It's not talking about one little verse in the Old Testament. The whole story, everything that you understand now, everything that's going on is being fulfilled in Jesus. He's the fulfillment of the Hebrew scriptures. It's Jesus. And when that clicks in, everything begins to change. And then you see how He's invited you into His story. And then the, the Scripture just pops alive. That verse I read to you, Paul, the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Holy Spirit will illuminate the word to you and it will begin to change things. But you you have to read it. You have to know it's, listen, it's not a rule book. Don't read it like a rule book. It's not a rule book. It's a love letter. Some people start to read it like it's a school book. It's not. It wasn't written that way. And, and you know, you'll, you'll have some, some of you have some bad things about school books. And you'll quickly look for the cliff notes. <laughs> it's a story. He, and God writes in story. It's, it's divinely inspired literature. I'll talk more about that next week. Divinely inspired literature. Why? Why does God give a story? That's how we learn. When Jesus came, how did he teach? Stories. Parables. Why? You have to read You have to think about it. You to, what's he saying? What's going on? Then you remember it. If it was just a bunch of bullet points. Because I don't know about you. I can't remember bullet points. I'm not good at reading those sort of things. They don't stick in my brain. It never really has. And now it's even worse. But story sticks with me. I can remember story. Because God knows that about most of us. We remember story. But you've got to read this story. It's a fascinating story. Most amazing story ever. The lengths that God has gone to. The things that he's done. And it's, it's also, remember, it's good news. There'll be parts in here when you go, how is this good news? It's good news because of God's constant pursuit of us. And what he's doing to rectify the mess that we introduced. And how much he loves us. So you press in and you read. But that's going to be my sort of my hope for you is that you'll take this time. It's not a judgment thing, but and I'm not ever going to do it. But if we went around the room, you'd be surprised if people got honest. How many people who've been walking with Jesus, maybe their whole lives haven't read the book all the way through. It's time. It's time for you. Read the book. You'll, you'll thank me when you're done. You know, over the course of my life, I've, I've done this and that people do this and, and it goes on. But I, I, I can't tell you, there have been a number of times when people have come back to me and said, Thank you so much that you kept encouraging me to read the book. It's made a huge difference in my life. And once they read it one time through, you know what happens? They almost always want to do, read it again and again. Now, let's not overshoot, because you go, Oh, I knew there was a trick.
1: <laughs> not 80 hours. Now you're looking at
0: 160, 240, 320. How many times can you add 80, 400? I don't know. I could keep going. One time. Let's read it. Fifteen minutes a day. You pick where you're going to start. Start with the New Testament. Be my best guess. Read it through until you finish. Then jump into the Old Testament. It will make more sense. And now that you know the bigger story, it'll make a lot more sense. So let's uh, we'll leave it there. Got more stuff coming next week and uh, looking forward to it. And I hope you're encouraged to continue to press in to this part of our journey. Alice, my love, why don't you come? Let's close with prayer here. Let's uh, invite Holy Spirit just to minister to us, meet us right where we're at today. I think it's a big part of everything, you know, knowing that that He's uh, real and with us, and God's for us, and and to hang in this place. And, and one of the things that I, I would just pray as we get going is that that this whole thing, that the idea of of reading the Bible, that it would be something that encourages you. I want to I want to in God just ask that you would come. And cement this in and then uh, immediately help us to attack the enemy, to go after him who's going to try and stop us from doing this very thing. Going to give us reasons and excuses about why we shouldn't and, uh, you know, what was he talking about? But God, I just pray that you would settle in our hearts now a desire to just press in more to your story. To know you more so that we can trust you more. To let your word be our heartbeat, then get into our minds and then come out into our lives. That we can be people who are living your word. So Holy Spirit, would you come and just put that on us now, that, that desire to connect and to be drawn more into your story. Holy Spirit, would you come and meet people where they're at today? Those who, who came in worried, God, would you bring peace? Those who are um, sick today, would you bring healing by your power? Heal them, touch them. Just some, I think someone came in and you had a lot of sort of arthritic pains going on today, and I pray right now that God would just heal you, that he would touch you and release you from that pain even as we speak and even as we pray that you would sign some relief in, in your area, those, the, the joints, your knees or your, your wrists or your fingers wherever that's going on that, that you would just receive healing now in
1: Jesus' name. Yes and Amen. Um. I have a couple words that the Lord gave me to encourage you with. And the first one is, he showed me someone standing by, you know, an old-fashioned well with a bucket. And you roll the bucket down into the well, and you roll the bucket up. You keep putting it down there, and it keeps coming up dry. And the Lord gave me a scripture for you, and it's John seven thirty-seven. And on the last and greatest day of the feast, the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow through you. So you don't need to go to the well. The river's going to flow through you. You're not going to come back empty. And then Georgina had, Pastor Georgina gave me one to share with you all, and it's about someone that. I think you're feeling a little bad about yourself because you've been arrogant, maybe a little stiff-necked about something. And she, she wrote this down for me, and it says, But God wants you to know that he is a forgiving God and gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you're feeling bad about those things, just receive that today. And then I was very impressed that I needed to pray for marriages Because I feel like this is just a very difficult time for people. It it, it is a lot of the time difficult, but right now, specifically, this is a difficult time for you. And so I just want to pray for you. And Father, If anybody here or anybody at the sound of my voice is having trouble, Lord, I just pray your blessing upon them. I pray your peace over their home and peace over their marriages. I pray that kindness would rise up, Father, and that restoration, relief, Father, and healing would come. Father, I pray that that in those marriages they would remember the bigger story. Just remember the bigger story. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Good, good, good word. Yes. All right. Well, all of this starts by knowing Jesus, and and we talk about that every week. You you need to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's how you find your way into His story. He's done everything that He needed to do at the cross and and in the resurrection. And our part is just to believe in our hearts, confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. And and really, that's you know what I would say. If you've never done that, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That's how we get started. Do that today. Best decision you will ever make. If you're watching online and you do that, please let me know that you've done that by texting the word heart. That word came up a lot today. H-A-R-T. five seven four five seven five one three. Just so we can know and celebrate with you. It's a big, big part of all of it. Thank you, church, for your amazing generosity. Uh, you've continued uh, to be faithful in your giving and your tithing and your offerings through all of this. If you're watching online still, that's the way to do that. And uh, those of you who are here, there's offering boxes up front where you can take care of that. But thank you and bless you. Ooh, we got our big candy giveaway Friday. We uh, They put together 500, I was going to say we there, but I didn't actually put any together. But I did make sure all the bags were here and the candy was here. So I had some part of it. But there's 500 bags of candy with at least 100 pieces of candy in each one. So that's... 50,000 pieces of candy is what that is, just so you know. And uh, so the dentists are going to be busy here shortly. Then we also took these bigger bars. We went out and bought for prizes for the costume contest. And then, shh, don't tell everybody, because nobody will know by hearing this. We wrapped them in a dollar bill. So, I know, right? What a cool church. You guys are so cool. Yeah, so... Uh, Gotta be Friday from five to seven, but thank you, and uh, and and that's happening. And so uh, I've kept you long enough. Here we go. Praise God from whom all bless. the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Thanks for watching online. Those of you who are leaving, please go out this way so we can keep you all safe and not having to touch things. And uh, have a great day. Get out there. Catch some fish if
1: you can. Hope your team wins. Be kind to one another in the parking lot. See you later. Bye.